everybody. I'm glad that you're here with us, either join us here in the house or, or online. It's always uh, good to gather together, as David said, uh, at least uh, we, we can start to see grass on the ground, at least where we're at. And so hopefully where, wherever you might be joining us from as well, uh, the, the snow is going away and spring is coming and uh, soon we'll be complaining about heat and having to mow the grass and weeds in the yard and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but we are glad that you're here with us today. If you uh, want to let us know where you're joining us from, you can do that at our uh, Connect page at cchmd.com connect. Uh, use the connection card there. Let us know where you are uh, joining us from today. Also on that site, there's a, a, a link to uh, all of our videos, past and uh, and present, and that's where you can go for the ones in the future. If you happen to miss anything, you can always go there and check that out. Also, there's a link to our giving page there. So if you want to join in on the offering today, you can do that as well. Uh, or you, if you're new with us, uh, you can also just text the word new to 240-347-0897 and, uh, and just uh, say, hey, we want to uh, say hi to you and just be able to connect in that way. If you want to follow along uh, today, uh, our sermon notes are on the YouVersion Bible app, and today's sermon is A Bargain at Any Price. I got smart. I wrote down the title on my notes here, so I don't have to guess what it is anymore. And so I can just, because uh, you know, my wife's like, hey, excuse me, finally, you, you know how ridiculous you look up there going, oh, but I'm, I'm, yeah, sometimes I do. And so I, I, I got smart, wrote down the title, so I don't have to guess anymore. Uh, also, this coming week, this coming week is the week that we are serving at REACH. And so we uh, still need some individuals to help serve. Uh, we are, we got six of the eight that we need on Tuesday, uh, but on Saturday, currently we only have three. And so uh, David, Mark, and I can do our very best to do that, but we're, it would help if we have some more people to help us out uh, in-house on Saturday, if you're available um, from, I believe it's from 6.30 to 8.45 or 6.45 to 8.30. There's a 45 and an 8.30 and it's a six and eight. And so, um, but uh uh, that, that will go out in our email tomorrow or Tuesday. Uh, so hopefully, if, if you can help out on, on, on Saturday, that'd be great. Let me know. Uh, also, we, we have a meal provided for us on Tuesday, but we need uh, some people to help cook on for Saturday. And so there is, I believe, uh, there is a, a recipe on the back table. Uh, if we can have a few, uh, I think we need about 12 of those picked up or accounted for. And so if you can help us out, like, hey, I don't feel comfortable going and serving there, but I can help provide the part of the meal. Uh, if we can have that, that would be uh, wonderful. And then we can uh, make sure that we are delivering it. Uh, if, for those who are concerned about uh, COVID, they've had no cases in uh, the REACH shelter this year. And so they're doing a good job of keeping everybody uh, safe and, and all that and, and, and following the proper guidelines and protocols there. And so this is just a great way for us to, to help those who are vulnerable and and disadvantaged in our community. And so if we can help them in this way on Tuesday and Saturday, that would be great. And so, uh, uh, like I said, you, you can either let me know before you go today, send me a text, email, um, call, and say, hey, I, I, I'm in, but we could use a few more uh, bodies for Saturday. And so if you could do that for us, that'd be great. So before we go any further, let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this time that we've been able to gather together and sing of your great, fierce love for us. Father, you sent your love down in the form of Jesus. Father, how he gave of himself so that we might be able to be reconciled to you, drawn back to you. Father, help us to, to see the beauty of your life, the beauty of, of the gift that you've given us. Father, the beauty of your kingdom. Father, may we chase after with a whole heart and not just chase after it for ourselves, but also share that with others. Father, help us to 
to show the beauty of your love for us to those around us, that they may see and know you. God, you are so good. God, I pray that you be with us here today as we go through uh, these verses today, as we look into your word. May you give us guidance and wisdom. May you change us from the inside out that we might change the world around us. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Throughout uh, last year, I, I, our, our family put together a fair number of puzzles. And some of them came together quite easily. And it was fun kind of, kind of, to, to begin to put the pieces together. And, and sometimes some of those puzzles that came together, you like, oh, look, you, you put two, you know, a bunch of pieces together and you feel like you've, you've done something. Uh, some of them had as much frustration as they did fun. You know, I don't know if you've ever put together a puzzle, but sometimes you're looking for that piece. And you're looking and you're looking and you're looking. And finally, <gasps> there it is. It's been right under my nose. The whole time. And then you know, night after night, day after day, we, we, we you know, work on them little by little. By little and, and you'd see the image that was on the front of the box begin to come together. And all of a sudden, you, there at the end, you'd, you'd see the puzzle and you'd, you'd step back and you'd breathe a sigh of relief and go, and you'd see the beauty that was once in shambles and pieces all across your table, now completely revealed in front of you. And so you step back, a sigh of relief, and you admire your work. Maybe for you in this last year, uh, uh, being more in quarantine, maybe, a little, you know, maybe our, our lives being disrupted a little bit, maybe you took that time to, to do that backyard transformation. Maybe it was a, a kitchen facelift, or, or maybe you decided that this was the year you finally were going to finish the basement. And those things don't come together in a day, do they? You know, bit by bit, you, you, you work a little bit here, a little bit there, and all of a sudden, uh, the, the vision that you had for the project begins to come together. And over time, it's revealed. And before we begin such projects, you, you sit back and you got to count the cost, right? Is the, is the enjoyment, is the, is the benefit from doing this project, is it going to be worth the time and the money invested into it? And if it is, you, you begin to do the project, you begin to work on the project, and all of a sudden, bit by bit, the project comes together, and it's finished at the end. You step back, and you admire your work. And maybe, maybe from time to time, you felt like that puzzle that's been on the table before you. You feel like there's just this piece that's missing. There's a piece that's not quite in the right place. There's a piece that you really need, and then you can see the whole picture come together and you look, and you look, and you look, and all of a sudden, that piece is right underneath your nose. All of a sudden, it's right there. And all of a sudden, everything in your life begins to come into clearer focus. Sometimes we've probably looked at our life, and we've seen several projects that we'd like to do, right? There's, there's some projects we want to work on on me. We want to improve this. We want to change that. We'd like to, to do that better. And so we make some progress here. We make a little bit of progress there. But oftentimes, the problem is we feel like sometimes we're just one self-help project after another, aren't we? That we that, that can, can we finally get to that place where we can step back and, and feel good? We start to get ahead and begin to check some boxes. We complete some goals and we breathe a sigh of relief and we feel and we admire the progress that we've made. See, the goal for many in this world is to live a life that, that causes them to be admired by others. They want others to speak well of them at the end of their life. 
And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, it's not just that others would speak well of us, but at the end of our days, that when we go to meet our Father in heaven, he would say, well done, good and faithful servant. See, we don't, we don't, we don't live for the admiration and the praise of others so much. We live for the admiration of God. We live our lives, as they say, for an audience of one. An audience of one. So how do we chase down that prize? How do we live a life so chasing after a life that's so it'll be worth hearing our father say, well done. On that day, we stand before him. If you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to look at verses 44 to 46. Jesus has given several pictures of what the kingdom of heaven is like in this chapter. Maybe you read uh, through it this week and, and, and started with the parable of the sower where we began, where we uh, were at last week. And, and as Jesus comes through, he's just giving us these other pictures. These pictures of what life in the kingdom is like and how we can participate in the kingdom in our physical world. So last week we looked at the parable of the sower and how, how those of us who are believers ought to, uh, we were both the soil and how we receive the gospel, but we're also the sower and how we share the seeds, how we spread the seeds of the gospel, how we spread the seeds of God's grace to those around us. <clears throat> Today we're going to look at two parables. Jesus packages these par- two parables together. He, he puts them side by side to show us about the immense value in the kingdom of God and our desire, to, what our desire should be to pursue it. This is what Jesus write, uh, what Matthew writes for us, what Jesus says on this day. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Jesus gives us these two pictures. These two pictures of, of, of individuals pursuing something, of, of, of gaining something of value. And the first picture he gives us is as of a man digging in a field. He's likely a, a manual laborer. He, he works for a boss. His boss is probably a wealthy landowner. He owns this piece of property. And we don't know what he's digging. Maybe he's digging a well. Maybe he's digging a, a trench. Maybe he's, he's just... Maybe he's digging to see what the, what the soil's like. Maybe he, the, the owner's thinking about planting a field here. Hey, hey, go. We don't know what he's digging. He's digging for something. And as he goes out there, he's digging away, and all of a sudden his blade hits something. Maybe it is, he hits this wooden box, and it just sounds different than the stone. It sounds different than the, the rocks. It sounds different than the sand and, and dirt that he's been moving, and he clears it away. He clears it away, and he he notices there's this box and he, he pulls it up out of the earth and he opens it up. Maybe he had to pry the lid open. Maybe, maybe he, obviously he opens it up and inside there is just treasure. Just treasure. Maybe it's gold. Maybe it's jewels. Maybe it's uh, some form of currency. All of a sudden he sees in this box something of great value. And he finds he closes it back up, he puts it back in the earth, and he, he covers up the ground. And then he goes and sells everything he has to buy this field. Now, some might think that he's, you know, maybe his character's just a little off. Maybe you might call him a thief. Because 
He found something, and then maybe under some other guys, he buys this field. But we're not here. Jesus doesn't tell the story to, to, to critique the morality of the, of the worker. What he sees is a piece of land that is now immensely more valuable because of this treasure found in it. Now, what seems odd to us is uh, if you have something valuable that you want to keep safe, we no longer dig and put things in the ground, do we? You know, maybe our dogs will go bury a bone. Maybe, uh, you, maybe you have squirrels in your backyard and they bury nuts in, in different places in your backyard. And, and, and so other animals will bury things. We no longer bury things for safekeeping. But back then, banks weren't quite so uh, above board. And banks and, and, places, and even temples where they would often store money as well were not always the safest place to keep your precious items. And so the, one of the safest things to do is just to dig it in a place that you knew and only you knew. And so someone at some point had this treasure, they buried it, and they put it in this field. Now, if the owner knew that that was his treasure, he would probably go take the treasure out before he sold the field, right? But maybe if it is this guy, maybe he has long since forgotten that he left treasure buried in this field. So the man goes and he sells everything he has. He gets enough money to, to buy this plot of ground. The owner gives it to him for the, for the sum. And he goes and he now has this treasure. And like I said, so, so I'm going to question the character of the man. But, but think of it, if you had a piece of property and you decide, hey, I no longer need this property. I'm not using this property. I'm going to sell this property. You sell that property. The next people who come in, come in and find oil in, on that property. Whose oil is it? No longer your oil. You sold away everything with that property. So all the treasure that is on that property belongs, belongs to that individual. So the guy buys the land. He now owns the treasure because of what was in the field. He knows the value in the field is beyond just the ground that is there. So the question for us is, is, what would we give up if we knew we could behold true beauty? If you knew you could behold true treasure, immense treasure, treasure beyond compare, what would it be worth for you? To, what would you be willing to give up to gain it? This man gives up everything to possess this treasure. What would you sell? What would you give up so you could possess it? See, Jesus says being part of the kingdom of heaven is greater than any worthly or earthly wealth. It is far better than what this man found in the field this day. And so if he can recognize the value of a field, then we should be able to recognize the value of a kingdom. If this man, who for all intents and purposes is just a common laborer, if he can recognize the value that's in this field because of the treasure that he found, how much more should we be able to recognize the value of the kingdom of God? He says the kingdom of heaven is like a man digging in a field. And he searches it, and when he comes across his chest, he gives up everything he has so that he might have it. Maybe we recognize the man in a way. Maybe we've been that person. We've just kind of been stumbling through. Maybe we know a friend who's kind of just stumbling through life and they're looking for that piece, that missing piece to their puzzle. And they're looking for something and they, maybe they come across it quite by 
accident. Many have entered the kingdom of heaven that way. They weren't looking for a relationship with Jesus, but maybe a chance encounter, maybe a a new friendship, maybe just a talk over coffee with a friend. Something sparks in their life. And who knows that that chance encounter, that conversation that you had, that someone had with you, develops into faith down the road. It's a seed planted that once it begins to, to, to bury itself in the soil and begins to germinate and begins to grow slowly by slowly begins to produce fruit. So you never know along the way when that seed that you sow might be worth a harvest. Someone might be just stumbling through and a chance conversation that you had with them might set them on the road to faith and freedom. Like I said, the point of this parable is not to expose the man's morality. It's not to determine if he's worthy of this treasure in the field. But the point of the parable is that the kingdom of heaven is of great value. And like the treasure, it is worth everything we might sacrifice to obtain it. Jesus moves on to a second parable. He uses the word again. So he's kind of tying these two together. He's like, hey, if you didn't catch it the first time, here it comes again. And we're going to tell it in a slightly different way. Here, these two parables are linked together. Because again, again, here, here, here is more about the value of the kingdom. He gives these little short sound bites, these little nuggets of truth about how precious the treasure of the kingdom of God is. That's like a treasure hidden in a field. Or it's like a fine pearl. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant who's looking for fine pearls. So if your job is to look for pearls, good pearls, you probably know what you're looking for, don't you? You know, if you are a used car dealer, if you uh, 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 buy and sell and trade things, you, you, you know what you're looking for. You know what, what the uh, inherent value is of something. Hey, I can buy that. I can clean that up a little bit and, and resell it for a profit. This man knows what pearls are supposed to look like. And so he's going around and he, he looks for these pearls. And when he finds one, he finds one of great value. He, and, and maybe we know people like this too. People who are searching. They're not stumbling through life. They are diligently searching for answers. Answers about their life. Answers about origin, about purpose, about their future. I mean, think about uh, the Mars rover that that we just sent up. And some of the pictures that have have come back, uh, you can can search on YouTube, and they've got essentially a live shot of what the rover is looking at. And it is just fabulous. I don't know or uh, I can't begin to tell you if there's ever been life on Mars. But all I know is that that red planet, though not as beautiful as our home here on earth, is still pretty phenomenal that our God made something like that. And so while we're there searching for for learning different things about our galaxy, about our universe, there are others in our world who are searching for for what is best in their life. And they're they're, they're trying a little bit of this and they try a little bit of that. And they, they try to see if they can make sense of their life here and now. Does this help me? Does help my life now? Does this, does this help improve things? And so we have this cultural truth. We almost have like this cultural religion, don't we? People kind of search here and there. They try on different things and, and try to work certain things out. And, and, and so they end up blending a little bit of, a little bit of this religion and that religion. They kind of all put together into some sort of 
religious stew. There's some sort of spiritual stew. But it's always evolving, isn't it? I'm going to kind of go this way, and I kind of go this way, and there seems to be no guiding purpose. But we stand with a standard objective truth. There's an objective truth that we find in the pages of Scripture. It's like our North Star that helps guide us through life. And so we're much like this merchant. We, we, we are searching for fine pearls. We're, we know what we're looking for. We're, you know, and so if, if things seem out of sorts with our life in Christ, maybe we, we look through the pages of Scripture. We look to see what Jesus teaches. We look to see what, what the, the, the apostles taught the churches. How can we live and grow in our faith here and now? But there are many in our culture who, who begin to think that Scripture seems antiquated, out of date, and out of touch. And they're searching for answers. They're searching for pearls of wisdom, for a true beauty to orient their life around. And they keep looking here and they keep looking there, but all they seem to find are imitations. All they seem to find are imitations. But this merchant, he's looking. He knows what he's looking for. And when he finds one of great value, he goes away and sells everything he needs to. He sells everything he has so he can buy this one pearl. He knows which pearls to leave behind. Those that are too small, too flawed, too overpriced. Those that just aren't attractive to the eye. And as he searches, he sees a certain pearl that catches his eye. A pearl of great value. And at this point, his searching ends. At this point, his searching, and he knows that this is the one that he has to get. And he begins to remove all the obstacles in his life. He, he, he begins to, to sell off everything he needs to so that he can gain enough money so he can go and purchase and acquire that pearl. He doesn't have it on him, so he's got to go and sell everything he has so he can buy this one thing. He knows the value of the pearl. He knows that other things in his possession do not compare to the beauty of this pearl, the value of this pearl. And so he lets nothing get in the way. After selling all of his possessions, he purchases that pearl. See, for us, the pearl is not about the pearl. And the treasure is not about the treasure. And we can get lost and we can get, we can get set on those things and begin to think things are, are, are supposed to be of, of some sort of earthly value. But it's not about the pearl. It's not about the treasure. It's about what they resemble. In this case, the thing that resembles the things that we ought to pursue to acquire is the kingdom of heaven. That if we want our life to be in order, if we want our life to make sense, we need to orient our life around its purpose and its direction. The purpose of the kingdom of God, not our purpose, not the purpose that we think we should chase after, but God's purpose in our world and in our life. It's not about our possessions. It's not about promotion. Life only makes sense when we orient it around God's desires for us. So when we hear these words of Jesus, how do we put them into practice? How do we keep ourselves sinless? How do we keep ourselves pure? We do that by living according to God's word. We, we do that by hiding scripture in our hearts that becomes like a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. So without God's word as a guiding principle, as our North Star, we so quickly go off the path, don't we? It's so easy for us to veer. It's so easy for us to, to stray. When God's 
word is not our guiding light. See, when we align ourselves with the word of God, all, all of our life and all of our priorities fall into line. Our world chases after many different treasures. Our world chases after so many different things. And it seems that they're constantly changing what the treasure is. It seems like this month it's, we're chasing after this, and next month there'll be something completely different. That there's another treasure that will rise to the top. That we have to have this. We can't live without that. The treasures our world chases after, they say that they must have. They say that they will change our life. But what if the one piece to the puzzle has been right under our nose the whole time? What if what we thought was outdated and antiquated was the one thing we needed most in our present age? What if the one thing we needed couldn't be bought because it had already been purchased for us? See, our world has switched the treasure. It's determined that no longer wants to live by God's rules anymore, but by rules of their own making. They no longer want to worship a creator. They want to create something to be worshipped. And throughout time, the idols have changed. And the results have been the same. A thirst that isn't quenched, a hunger that isn't satisfied, and a life that still feels empty. A peace that still seems to be missing, a project that's not quite completed. See, the truth is, Scripture is not out of date. Is as relevant as ever. The truth is, truth is we've all, we just continue to mess up. Truth is, we don't know what is right and what is best. And so what we need is our, the author, the creator of life, to show us the way. That where, that, that's why we need the good news. That's why we need to gather around the gospel. That's why we need to preach the gospel first to ourselves. That each day we are in need of a savior. That each day we are, going, we are flawed and that we will continue to mess up. But that we can do better and we can be better and we can grow to be better when we walk in step with Jesus. When we walk in step with him, when we allow his word to guide our life, all of a sudden we find new grace for ourselves. And out of that, we often find grace to give others. See, we need the gospel to reveal the true treasure in our life. A treasure not found in fad diets, airbrushed pictures, or striking it rich. But only found when the Son of God, who took on flesh, who made himself nothing, and became a, found himself in a, and took on the role of a servant, and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. See, only a Savior, who is absolute beauty, will capture our hearts capture our hearts where rules and doctrines do not suffice. No one comes to the gospel because man, I really like the rules in the Bible. I, I, no, no, I, I've never really heard someone say, hey, you know, I want to accept Jesus because of, of all those things that the Bible says I shouldn't do. No one says that. We want to come to Christ because even in spite of our flaws, we are we're given treasure. We're given absolute beauty. 
we're given something that we cannot be worth and something we cannot earn. And the, the men in the parables today, the merchant, the laborer in the field, they were searching, searching for something, whether they knew it or not. The man was searching for something in the ground. The, the merchant was searching for pearls. And in their search, they found something of immense value, something that they could not pass up. And when we begin to reclaim that beauty in our life for the gospel, for Jesus, not only we reclaim that for ourselves, but we will find ourselves unable to not pass it on to others. As we share that hope, that message with others, they'll be drawn to know him. Maybe our ineffectiveness in evangelism is that we've lost the true beauty of the, of the gospel. We've lost the true beauty of Jesus in our life. See, our salvation wasn't free. It cost the Son of God his very life. That God as our king and our liberator, he, 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 he's also a, a righteous lawgiver and even a death healer. But above all, he is a precious beauty to behold. And he gave up everything so that he might have us because he sees us as his treasure. And he wants us to do the same. That we would give up everything we have. That we couldn't live our life without him just as he couldn't go on without us. His desire is so much that he, could, could ne- he bought our salvation. He paid the price because we could never pay it on our own. We could never earn our salvation. So he gives it to us freely. Why he gives it to us freely costs us everything. Because genuine faith means genuinely embracing and yielding to God's reign. Not simply acknowledging it and then passing on. Not simply giving lip service to it and then going on our way. But we must genuinely give ourselves fully to God's reign and purpose in our world. To the kingdom is a treasure. And those who really believe will sacrifice everything else in their lives for its purpose, for its agenda. The question today, the question today for us is what will we give up? Are we willing to go all in? Are we willing to sell everything we have for the purpose of God and his kingdom? And as I look around uh, the room today, and maybe you're there home, and you're like, Mike, I've already chosen Jesus as my Savior. I've already bought the treasure. What's the value of that treasure in your life? Is it something you bought as a souvenir, and now it sits in the closet, sits on a shelf gaining dust? Or is it the thing of greatest value in you? What are you willing to give? What are you willing to sacrifice for the kingdom? Not just so that you can have this treasure, but so that others can have it as well. See, the purpose of the kingdom is never just about satisfying us, but it's always about redeeming all of God's lost children, bringing all of God's children home. So if we want to align ourselves with kingdom purposes, it's not just about getting us home, but it's about getting others home as well. And so how do we help others find this beauty? So maybe today it's 
reclaiming that beauty for yourself. Maybe today you're like, hey, I need to reclaim this beauty in my life. That, it, that, that there's a great value, there's a great purpose, there's a great meaning in my life that I need to share with those who are around me. Maybe today, maybe today you need to take hold of this treasure for the first time for yourself. Maybe today is the day that you declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if this is the decision you need, you want to make today, we want to celebrate with you. And so will you let us know this is the decision you want to make? You can let us know at cchmd.com slash connect. You can fill out the connection card there. And down the line there, there's a, a, a place where you can mark the decision you need or want to make today. And you can check become a Christian. We'll follow up with you and we will help you on your journey. You can also simply text LIFE to 240-347-0897. See, we want to help you take hold of life that is truly life. We want you to have to claim the treasure that is the kingdom of God, not just in this life, but also in the one to come. Not just the one we talk about in heaven one day, but also in the here and now, that the decisions we make for God and for his kingdom affect our daily life and purpose here. The treasure for the now, the treasure for the future. The question is, what are we willing to give up so that we can attain the beauty, the treasure that God wants us to have? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you that you love us, that you've given us new life in Jesus. Father, I pray that you would help us uh, today take hold of this life for you, this life that you've given us that we might share it with others, that we might give ourselves fully to, to you and your purposes, that you would be more real in our life, that we might give ourselves fully to you and help others see and know you. Father, may we dust off this treasure. May we dust off this beauty that you've given us in our life, and may we present you in a new and beautiful and striking way in a remarkable way that will help others see the beauty of the life that you've given to us. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We'd love if you'd be able to help us out this week at REACH, that we can share God's love in a, in a practical, tangible way with those who are uh, among, maybe others what would say are the least, the most vulnerable in our community, that we can share them God's love by a warm meal, and, uh, and a loving smile. Also this week, uh, we'd, love, uh, we'd love for you, to, if you can help us by cooking a meal on Saturday, please uh, either let us know or pick up a recipe in the back. We can email that to you if you're at home today and want to help us out with that as well. We're glad you've joined us uh, either here in the house or online. And uh, we hope you have a great week and we'll see you guys again next Sunday.